Welcome to a special edition of the Bill Walton Show as we're talking with my friend Tom Fenton, who's president of Judicial Watch, which is America's largest and most effective government watchdog organization and, an, and a national leader for cleaner elections. He's also written a great new book which just came out, which I highly recommend. It's called A Republic Under Assault, The Left's Ongoing Attack on American Freedom. Tom, welcome. Hi. Good to see hey, you. Thanks for having me, Bill. Haven't seen you in at least a day or two. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, Tom, I know you saw this coming. I mean, you, you've been warning about this for as long as I can remember. Uh, can, here we are in, in November, we're, we're a couple weeks after the election. Can we undo what the Democrats have been putting in place now for at least the last year, last year maybe, maybe several years in order to, uh, to upend this election the way they have? Well, it would require extraordinary political will by the candidate who is being victimized here, President Trump. Uh, certainly uh, extraordinary activism by Americans, and I think any American ought to be concerned about this. This is a nonpartisan issue about whether the votes matter at all, whether elections, it doesn't matter what the outcome is going to be. It's going to be manipulated potentially uh, in a way that um, essentially just negates anyone who voted. It doesn't matter if you voted for Biden or for Trump. They don't care in the end, as long as the outcome in a particular state uh, matches what uh, they need to get the candidate of their choice in office. And uh, you know, I think given the what happened in uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, where you had President Trump winning on election night and losing in the in the extraordinary and unprecedented accounts afterwards, uh, should. Uh, give pause to any of those state legislatures, and that's what the political angle is, and give pause to Congress, who in the end must bless this mess in January by approving the electoral college slates that are put forward by the states. Well, it seems to me that President Trump needs to fight this to the bitter end. I mean, everybody I talk to, there are 70 plus million Americans who are feeling pretty disenfranchised right now. You're right, the Democrats may be temporarily happy, but this can be done to them too, or I mean, when you let somebody else control the outcome, then you're you're not living in a democracy or a republic. And I, I think uh, Trump needs to stay in the fight until every last legal vote is counted and all the illegal votes are tossed out. But, you know, do we have the evidence? I mean, people have been talking about fraud in Georgia, fraud in Arizona, fraud in Nevada, fraud in Pennsylvania. Do we have the evidence to, uh, to, uh, to, to make the case and uh, do we have enough time? Well, yes, we have enough time. And I do think the evidence is out there, at least for the political case. The courts, you know, you never know. Uh, it depends on which judge uh, as to whether or not you have the evidence uh, legally. Uh, but when you have, in the cases of Georgia and Pennsylvania, uh, elections, uh, election counting pause, uh, when you have uh, mailed ballots coming in in ways never seen before, counted in ways that uh, suggests that you can't trust how they were counted, uh, that to me is enough to question the outcome. I, if I were the state legislatures, I'd be asking about, can we do a do-over? Can we appoint electoral slates that are clean in the sense haven't been infected by these counts? The allegations up in Pennsylvania were that you had 6, 600,000 ballots pointed without any meaningful observation by Republicans who are well, supposed to be there to watch under state law. And so how is it you can trust that outcome? I mean, you know, you're in business. If someone engages in 
you know, runs their business with all the indicia of fraud. You can't see what we're doing. The numbers are changing and our accounting standards change depending on what money's coming in where. What would you do as a business? You say this, I can't, I can't do business here. We, this is a, this is a, we just have to presume fraud. And, and that's certainly that's what the IRS would do. Well, you know, you're, 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 you're supposed to take these, we're supposed to take these elections seriously given all this misconduct. Excuse me, but no. Well, I so agree. But, you know, in business, you can take it to a judge. And presumably, you can find a judge oversee a business dispute to give you a, a fair hearing. Not always, but often. But we, in the case of Pennsylvania, for example, we've got the state Supreme Court, you know, ruling to change the state's election law when only the legislature is constitutionally allowed to do it. So we got judges here that are that are in on the fix. Well, you know, as, as I said earlier, you never know what the judges are going to do or what the justices of the Supreme Court are going to do. But the electoral college system is a constitutional system that's separate and apart from judicial decision making. So good rulings would make it easier to overturn the results through the electoral college process. Uh, but it doesn't make it impossible for the states in Pennsylvania, for instance, the state legislature has plenary authority, plenary meaning you really can't review it. Uh, to change the outcome and uh, appoint electors that reflect in what they view to be the clean outcome, which is, in my view, the president won in Pennsylvania. Similarly, in Congress, they get to bless uh, and ratify this, uh, these electoral college counts, and they can step in and reject certain counts. And, uh, and, and in the end, the president could win there too. So this is a legal, constitutional, and political battle so I, we shouldn't put all our eggs in the judicial basket. Well, I agree. I, you know, in my view, and you know, I've talked about. It, I, 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 I fundamentally, I, I, I met whatever the big word is. Trump won this election. If you just look at the legal votes, he won. And if you throw out the illegal votes, he won even bigger. And yeah, we got to get to that count. Uh, Sydney Powell's come out and said that she has information about Dominion software and the, and the computer software that tallies the counts and that uh, it's dirty. The, the, the software is dirty and it's, it's, it, was, it was sold to people knowingly, um, people who knew it, it could be used to rig the outcome. Are you, uh, are you uh, have you talked with her? What, what, what's the sense of what she has? And just as a sidebar, I'm delighted she's now working directly uh, for Donald Trump in the campaign where she'll have more of a, more of a voice. Yeah, I'm not sure what she has other than what I've learned about, heard about publicly. Uh, I do know when she says she has something, she's not one to uh, make idle boasts. Uh, usually there's evidence. Uh, we saw that with General Flynn. Everyone thought she was way out there on General Flynn. Remember that? It turned out she was dead to rights as to what happened there and the evidence bore her allegations out. Uh, so anyone who dismisses what she says, I think, does it at their own risk. Uh, certainly this Dominion software issue where an election result was changed in Michigan is more than enough reason for to evaluate how that system was used in other states and to do the necessary auditing and double checking to make sure those issues didn't arise not only in the big states we're talking about, but who knows, the myriad number of other states where numbers could have been well, well I, I love her changed by the software or slash human error, as is alleged in Michigan. Well, I love her, her pushback to Maria Bartiromo. It was sort of saying, well, can this be true? And, and <laughs> we, we both know Sydney. Sydney says, 
I never say anything I can't prove. <laughs> That's right. She doesn't go out on a limb because she knows she's going to be in court the next day, practically speaking. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, I, 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 this computer issue, I under, I know it sounds uh, like it's a bit long haul, but if she's got the goods, uh, if there's anyone who's going to have the goods, it's going to be Sydney. Well, you've been dealing with the media for years. What's your advice to deal with the things like New York Times is saying what we're saying is a torrent of falsehoods and CNN calls it baseless voter fraud claims and NPR false claims of fraud, rigged election, CBS News, voter fraud com complaint is garbage. I mean, I mean, it, you read this, you look online and you just think, gee, um, we're, we're really up against it. We're with this wall of uh, disinformation. Ideas about how we punch through that? Well, I would, I would highlight the fact that, um, A, the allegations of voter fraud are substantial. There's evidence. It's court evidence. Uh, they're making allegations that the system was broken in a way that we can't, go no, can't know one way or another whether votes were accurately counted. And secondly, these are civil rights allegations that are being made in court right now. These are the civil rights of voters that are trying to be vindicated when the when you have uh, under these challenges and we should be unafraid and unembarrassed to try to vindicate the civil rights of millions of Americans uh, in terms of their core right to participate in the democracy through uh, voting and uh, put the onus on them to justify why it is civil rights cases should be shut down so Joe Biden in theory can get an extra two weeks uh, to, uh, you know, do his bureaucratic uh, navel-gazing that usually happens during transitions. Does it's your book, go ahead. Legally speaking, that's being impacted uh, by this dispute being resolved in the ordinary and constitutional courts. Uh, your, your book, A Republic Under Assault, um, Left's Ongoing Attack on American Freedom, this is sort of the chapter that get, didn't get written. This was more or less predicted in your, in your book, wasn't it? Yeah, we knew this was coming. They, they told us it was coming. They talked about the red mirage. Trump's going to win on election day, but don't worry, he'll lose a few days later. No. Uh, we knew that when you mail, we, we, we've been doing litigation, Bill, as you know, to clean up election rolls, 800,000 extra names in, uh, in Pennsylvania alone on the rolls that shouldn't be there. So surprise, surprise, they mail millions of ballots to dirty voting rolls. And there are questions about the results. They can't even count them properly. I mean, there's nothing like this in American history where we're, we don't know who won the election. And even in 2000, we knew who won. It was being disputed by an effort to do a recount. But there was certification, more or less, about who won on election day. Here, the states couldn't even be bothered to count the votes properly. Or, uh, and, and they're counting votes from places and a, through a method that's inherently suspect and invites fraud. Look, when you're counting votes on election day, even if you're partisan, you don't know how many votes you need. When you count votes after election day, all of a sudden you know how many votes you need. It infects and compromises the, con the, the co process inherently. So the big thing that's different this time, there's been fraud every time. It just, some of these cases with software is egregious, but there's always been software fraud. The big difference now is this big, is the mail-in voting. And, you know, it's, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you almost think that people use the COVID-19 as an excuse to gin up mail-in voting, where you're voting months before the election, and then you keep counting after the election. 
and the sanctity of a Tuesday eight o'clock deadline and that's it guys, that's gone. And what I discovered that I, I can't find anybody that contradicts it, we're the only uh, Western democracy or Western democracy for that matter that allows this scale of mail-in voting. Everybody else requires people to show up at the polls. Yeah, we did too much mail-in voting before COVID. Uh, you know, many states, you don't need an excuse to do mail-in voting, but people like to vote in person. So it was increasing, uh, it, the availability of mail-in voting was increasingly being used by the public, but obviously it's dramatically increased uh, thanks to the scaremongering of the left. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's always, every expert before Biden partisan, you know, turned to all of this, uh, uh, you know, kind of changed everyone's views because of partisanship. Everyone used to acknowledge mail-in balloting was fraught with opportunities for fraud. Everyone knew you can't track. It's harder to vote to commit fraud in person. Not impossible, but harder to. Easy to do it through the mail-in ballot process. You can't track vote buying schemes. You can't track fraud easily. Look, if you've got voter ID in states, all of that is being negated in large measure because you don't need voter ID uh, when you vote in by mail. So all of that, all of that is is uh, it, it, we should we should endeavor to third world election security measures in this country. It's and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Well, you know, but mail-in balloting becomes the balloting voting becomes the new normal. We can forget people trusting the result of any election, and we've got to we got to somehow figure out how to put that genie back in the bottle. Uh, John Fund's recommending a presidential commission. Other people talk about the Senate holding hearings or House holding rump hearings, things like that. Is there, you know, going forward, uh, what do you what do you suggest we do to? Uh, ensure the next election is uh, fair? By making sure this election's fair. Good. Because if we don't do it here, yeah. the left is going to be happy to have presidential commissions and hearings for weeks and years afterwards. That doesn't change what their policies will be, what their pushes will be. Uh, you know, I often joke that we're, we're going to regret comparing COVID to the flu because the left's response will be, you're right, we should just treat the flu like COVID and have similar restrictions in perpetuity. <laughs> There's always going to be a reason to mail-in ballots from their perspective. They don't like elections. And when you have really effectively no voting day, you're not having an election. You're just having some type of ratification of the liberal uh, narrative. Uh, and uh, they're not going to let anything other than that uh, successful ratification occur under the methodology we talked about, mail-in balloting, uh, it, basically without end that begins months before the election and ends when they fight, figure out how to win. So we're in the same place. We need to fight this to ensure every vote is legal, toss out the illegals, fight this to the end. You know, one metaphor is bitter end. I think we, we call it the sweet end or the, uh, the happy end because, uh, you know, and I think when we prevail, we can, we can, uh, we can keep the Republic. We fight as long as the constitution allows us to fight. Right. And, the, and that is at least through January when Congress meets to ratify the electoral college votes. Even Congress can save us here. This is terrific. Even Congress, wait, that we, that's a whole other show. Even we're counting on Congress to save us. Well, Tom Fenton, thank you. The, uh, President of Judicial Watch, probably the most effective activist group in the country, if not the world. And Tom, you built it from 
not much to something very powerful. So I'm just, I'm thrilled to hear, hear what your thoughts are. And again, you've written a, a terrific book, Republic Under Assault, Lust Ongoing Attacks on America. So everyone should read that book and then uh, head down to Georgia or Arizona or, or Pennsylvania where we can help people uh, win those elections. Tom, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate the good word. Okay. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, of course, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, let us know us. Let us know on Parler, Facebook, Twitter, uh, where you can find the Bill Walton Show. For previous episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and of course at thebillwaltonshow.com. Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe at thebillwaltonshow.com or on iTunes. 